MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Always follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. We roll on. Follow the money, Mitch and Polly, on a well deserved vacation. Sean King, Dave Ross in today. And uh, it's always great to talk NFL football with you. Always. NFL is king. It is king, right? It doesn't matter what time of year it is. Doesn't. 365. Let's bring in Aaron Wilson, Pro Football Network insider, to talk all things NFL. And Aaron, I know you're coming to us from the great state of Texas down there in Houston. And I actually want to start this conversation with the Texans because I look at their win total. It's one of the lowest on the board here out in Las Vegas at about four and a half. And we were just talking before we began the segment here. Lovey Smith, it's it's big turnover down there in H-Town. Davis Mills feels like he got established a little bit in the rookie year. Is there reason for optimism down there in Houston? Well, yeah, in the sense that big picture, they hope they found a quarterback. And I had a lot of general managers tell me, Davis Mills, if he had been in this year's draft, if he had gone back to Stanford, would have been a first-round draft pick. I don't argue with that. He was talented last year, especially at the end of the season. You look at that, he showed off some arm skills. And he was other than Mac Jones, the second best rookie quarterback. He played better than Trevor Lawrence head to head. He's played much better than Zach Wilson. And I think that, you know, you look at him and he had a lot of injuries in college, right? That held him back. And that's one of the reasons why he was the, once the top recruit in the country coming out of Atlanta. He's a lot of tools and he didn't have a very good team around him. He didn't have a running game. He didn't have a very good offensive line and he overcame his circumstances and he helped the team. 
built a good connection with Brandon Cooks. They just don't have a lot of stars. They've got a few building blocks, like they hope with Davis. They've got Laramie Tunsil, one of the better offensive tackles. They've got Brandon Cooks. Um, Brandon is outstanding, and that's why they gave him a new contract. They hope that Marlon Mack, uh, Damian Pierce, and Rex Burkhead, they can manufacture a better running game. They've moved Titus Howard back to his right tackle spot. They've signed a lot of guys on defense like Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, some older pass rushers to go with John Grenard. And they drafted Derek Stingley. They're very excited about Derek Stingley. They lack star power. They have a lot of guys that I consider solid. The vibe in the locker room is very good. I know from talking to a lot of the guys, the buy-in is pretty good with Lovey Smith. They didn't have the strongest head coach last year with David Cully, who had never been a head coach at any level before. They put him in a tough, tough situation. Uh, yeah, the vibe around the team is, is pretty good, and people feel like Nick Casario is a good architect of the roster. But the cupboard was so bare after the Bill O'Brien era with him as general manager and head coach that Nick has a lot of heavy lifting to do. And it's not a one-year rebuild or a two-year rebuild. It's a several-year rebuild. And I think when you talk about optimism, you know, they were four wins last year. So get to six or seven, you know, a couple right. of wins more. And that would be solid. I think people would consider that a successful season. If they could just be relevant, get closer to 500. And because of the Deshaun Watson trade, it accelerates the rebuild because of the draft capital of the three first round draft picks so far, you know, getting Derek Stingley in here. Uh, they drafted Kenyon green, get off the line from Texas A&M. So they've been doing some things. And it's just a matter of, they got to keep it up. They got to keep going with that. And if they can do that, I think that, you know, in a few years, people are talking about the Texans in a different way, but I still feel like they're better than the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're not better than the Colts, not better than the Titans. They're the third team in the division. Wow, thirty to one! But that's why I like them, Sean, because you only have to get one more win to hit that win total over at four and a half for a four-win team. Last year, it looks like as Aaron documented, it looks like a better team on paper. Yeah, and I coached Marlon Mack in college, so I know what they're getting. When healthy, very explosive, you know, dynamic runner. And I think when I look at a roster like the the Texans, you know, and Aaron, I'll be interested. I think John Grinard has a chance to be a star. Like I'm looking for elite-level young talent that I think can develop. So if there is one observation from where I sit, I don't know that that's in abundance. So I do think they have to, you know, do very well in drafting and developing. I know Derek Stingley was someone that Lovey seems to be extremely high on. At the same time, he's going to be judged against a kid from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. You know, so we'll see how it plays out. Hopefully Davis Mills can go out and, and establish himself in year two you know, as the long-term answer at quarterback, you know, that would be great for the organization to have another two years at quarterback mm-hmm. on a very affordable contract. What's your opinion of Davis Mills? Is he good enough moving forward to build a team around, or is he still kind of in a prove-it year? I mean, he's definitely in a prove-it year because he hasn't started a full season, and he's only a second season. So anybody, no matter what they did, it is a rookie year. They would have to still show more. And he showed flashes. He had a good completion percentage. He was poised. That's one thing about Davis. He's pretty unflappable. He doesn't get bothered by anything. He is a almost, you know, his media style is to not really be very exciting. 
Uh, he's very low key, and that's actually his real personality. When you talk to him away from the you know podium, he's just not a guy that's going to you know show a lot of excitement. Uh, but I think he's just a steady, steady guy, and it is a proving year. We have to see. You know, I've had NFL people say, "Well, no, I think he's more of a high end backup." I've had people tell me, "No, I think he's." kind of a poor man's Kirk Cousins, that comparison's been made. And so we'll find out. I think he's his own man, and you know, comparing players is not the really always the most logical exercise. The guy can throw the ball. He's got pretty good pocket awareness, and he had some, you know, I think he had three 300-yard games last year. And the New England game was good. The Chargers game, so he probably should have beat Mac. Uh, they had some poor play calling, some poor decisions in that game, including a uh, fake punt. That was a bad decision. And then the chargers game, they blew out the chargers when the chargers, a lot of their guys had COVID, but Herbert was out there. So yeah, he's, I think he's good. It's just a matter of, is he going to be good enough? And then they're going to have a subjective decision to make. If they found their quarterback in the third round, they're really fortunate because then you don't have to draft CJ Stroud or Bryce young and you can go with him and use it on a different player. What if that becomes, you know, like the Alabama pass rusher or a running back like Bijan Robinson, who knows? So, yeah, we'll see what they need, but you know, who couldn't use guys like that? Absolutely. Like Talk Will Anderson or, or Bijan. No question about it. Talking with Aaron Wilson, uh, Pro Football Network insider. You know, every year we see this in the NFL where you get a team that goes from worst to first. And I know you used to cover the Ravens back in the day. John Harbaugh's bunch yeah. there. Look, they were decimated with injuries, but that is the way of the, of the world in the NFL. Every team's going to have injuries. What do you make of the Ravens' prospects this year, Aaron, of possibly being one of those teams you could identify? Their win total about nine and a half here, so there are expectations. Do you think they could be a chic pick to go from worst to first in their division? Yeah, I think they can. And it's all about Lamar's health. If Lamar's healthy and if J.K. Dobbins, they saw J.K. was a little feisty on social media <laughs> yesterday. If J.K. is back, uh, you know, they also have uh, Davis to kind of hold down the fort until he's healthy. But uh, the outlook for him is supposed to be good. And he said it was. So, you know, I'm going to take his word for it. Uh, John Harbaugh's a winner. This guy's a real leader and he's won a Super Bowl. They've got some pieces. I think Rashad Bateman will take that next step. And then you look at the defense with Oway and Patrick Queen and the DBs. They had they got so many injuries last year, but now you have back all these guys like Marcus Peters. You have Marlon Humphrey. You have a lot of talent there in the secondary. And I think if they get enough rush, they're good enough getting to the quarterback, then this could be a team. I don't know, Dave. I think they're going to be excellent on defense. Mm. I think they're going to have one of the best secondaries we've seen in a while. But a lot's dependent on Rashad Bateman, who has one career receiving touchdown <laughs> to develop into a number one receiver. I mean, that's what happens when you trade Hollywood Brown, right. who, although flawed, was still by far your best wide receiver. To put it in perspective, Aaron, if Brandon Cooks was in Baltimore, he'd be the unquestioned best pass catcher right. they had at wide receiver. And now that you they don't have a lot. Right. Now that you don't have a threat outside, Mark Andrews is going to draw all of this bracket and double coverage mm -hmm. in the red zone. You know, I just think they're doing a disservice to Lamar by not surrounding him with elite personnel. 
I mean, you know, you've seen some of the controversies on social, the latest being with Lamar and Bernard Pollard, Bernard saying the top receivers don't want to play with them. The new spin is it's the system that Roman runs that they don't want to play in that. I don't know. I mean, I think that Lamar, very talented quarterback. There have been some, I think some unfair narratives about him. I think he's a legit guy. He just plays the position a little bit differently. Uh, he's not he got a quarterback. He's someone that's dual threat. He can run. He can throw. He can beat you from the pocket. I think he's become a more accurate passer. I think he's worked really hard. And I think people underrate, you know, his work ethic and his attention to detail. And so I think he's got something to show. And, you know, they're trying to decide, you know, well, what are we, how much we're going to pay him whenever or Lamar doesn't have an agent, relies on his mom and some advisors for counsel about business matters. Is he ever going to engage about a contract? It's going to be fascinating. He's 20 to one to win MVP to re- get back there to that level as a former MVP in the leagues. And as you mentioned, Aaron, he is negotiating right now with his mom and or himself on this potential new deal. So there's a lot of moving parts going on in Baltimore. Aaron, we appreciate you getting up early here and joining us here and follow the money. Enjoy the rest of your off season as we get ready for training camps. Okay, guys. Thank you. All right. There he is, everybody. Aaron Wilson from Pro Football Network. Sean, when we come back, I want to keep this NFL discussion going. And a couple teams, if we have the time, I'd like to hit on. San Francisco and your former team down there in Tampa. Is there trouble with both of those teams, but maybe for very different reasons? We'll discuss when you come back with us. Follow the money right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics. 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only $19, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of the month. Sign up today. You're going to get VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, and NASCAR. So if you want that full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. So sign up now at VEASAN.com slash summer boy summers were different for sean king not too long ago (laughs) summers would be sean king getting ready for training camp you're trying to get the timing down with your receivers and i want to start right there in san francisco Mm -hmm. and this is a conversation that i have all the time on the lombardi line with michael lombardi now jimmy garoppolo was dinged wing last year took him within a tart potential interception of going back to a second Super Bowl. But you can't bring back Jimmy G because it's time to turn the keys over to the young kid, Trey Lance. Right. It's his operation. So we got to get Jimmy out of town. He's not out of town yet. So the rumblings that you hear out of San Francisco, let's just say with a Brandon Ayuk, talented receiver out of Arizona State. Mm-hmm. If you want to read between the lines, maybe we're having some communication breakdowns, to quote Led Zeppelin. That like right now... You know, Trey and Brandon aren't on the same page. Didn't hear that stuff about Jimmy G. Is there a problem brewing already in San Francisco because it's time to turn it over to the kid? And maybe the other guys in the wide receiver room don't want that to happen. This is a a fascinating, I mean, fascinating situation in San Francisco. Because you're dealing with the known commodity but then you have this super skillful yet unproven other commodity. You traded up to get him. And you leveraged quite a bit to select Trey Lance. And I've been around the game a long time. Mm-hmm. A player like Trey Lance, you will walk off the practice field one day. This is the unquestioned future of the franchise. You will walk off the field the next day. 
man, we better get Jimmy Garoppolo healthy quick. And that's the life that the 49ers are currently living because what he lacks is consistency because he's still extremely inexperienced. Was at North Dakota State three years, but really only played one. Through 28 touchdowns to zero picks, that looks like a guy that can spin it all over the field. Yet when you pin, peel back the layers, only threw for 2,700 yards. Think about that in modern-day college football. I mean, that's like a couple games for some of these guys. Mm-hmm. So he's still not very experienced throwing the football against different coverages, on different levels. He has the arm talent, but he doesn't have the experience. And when you look at this San Francisco roster, Kittle's isn't getting any younger. He's coming off a couple injuries. Debo is worried about his usage rate as it compares to getting my next deal. Brandon Ayuk, who finally showed flashes of being what they thought they drafted, is about to come up on another contract. So then you look at the defense, they're older, so I think that organization feels like they're a Super Bowl-caliber roster except for the unknown at quarterback. I'm of the mindset that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starting quarterback in San Francisco. Come on. I'm just telling you, I think at the end of the day, they go with the known commodity. Everybody thinks Jimmy's going to be traded. I don't think there's any chance that John Lynch and Shanahan get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo until they're 100% sure that Trey Lance is the real deal. Well, is that not then an indictment on the brain trust in San Francisco? If Jimmy G is still your best option, dinged wing, hasn't thrown all summer, we're assuming he's getting ready to be able to throw. Mm -hmm. We're not even saying that he's back to 100% just to throw, that that would still be your best option on a a team that is the second favorite to win the division. I remember texting Booger McFarlane when he was on the panel when Trey Lance was drafted. I text him, unbelievable. Think about this. San Francisco passed on Jamar Chase. They passed on Michael Parsons. They passed on Kyle Pitts. Like, they passed on Rashawn Slater. Like, they passed on some guys that could have been cornerstones of this organization for a projection. Because, again, when you just look at the skills and the talent, if you put him on a field, how far can you throw it? How fast can you run from one into the other? Off the charts. It was like Kyle Bowler, man. Yeah, you're still talking about a young man who hadn't really played a lot of quarterback. And so does his maturation and development match up with where they are as an organization? That's always a tough thing with young quarterbacks. It's easy when you're on the front end of a rebuild and everybody grows together. It's very difficult when the rest of the roster is Super Bowl ready and they're waiting on you to elevate and play at a Pro Bowl caliber level. So... This is going to be fascinating to watch this. It felt like the the Debo rumors that he wanted out of San Francisco, which weren't rumors because he asked to be traded. I mean, that happened. And we thought it was a a geographic thing, right? He wanted to be closer to the East Coast, families, South Carolina, you know, West Coast living wasn't for him. And I think we all bought that. And maybe that's partially true. But the elephant in the room is, if you're hearing these things from Mayuk and Debo wants out, Maybe they're not ready for the changing of the guard at quarterback. But again, you talk to, you know how this works. I mean, I was there in D.C. when the, the Washington team drafted Heath Shuler. I'm going way back. Yeah. And he was a top five pick. And then they drafted the seventh round kid out of Tulsa named Gus Freerot. We didn't know how to say his name. Gus Freerot, yeah. Right. And we were like, who's this Freerot guy? And then he held out a couple days, and you go to camp, and you you found out quickly, oh, this Farad guy, that's how you say his name? That guy's better than the high draft pick. Yeah. 
So if Jimmy G is better than the high draft pick, that's a problem because the locker room will be divided. Yeah, and, and here's the, the frustrating part for me. Jimmy G is very underappreciated. I mean, in five years, he's thrown 71 touchdowns and 38 picks. Like, he's not a bad quarterback. He has to get much better when it gets extremely chaotic around him of mm-hmm. remaining calm. I think he exaggerates, you know, the issue sometime late in the Rams game, throwing that interception when they're backed up. Just sure. take the sack, punt. Defense is playing great. Like, second half of the Super Bowl, you got the crossing route wide open. Mm-hmm. You, got, you, you know, if you take we away about three to, throws, yeah. like Garoppolo could be like Russell Wilson, two Super Bowl appearances, one Super Bowl win. So we're not talking about, like, uh, 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 inadequate quarterback when you talk about Garoppolo. So, like, I just kind of always like to put that context. Same thing with Carson Wentz. This is why I'm so high on Washington. Mm. Like, if I told you that Josh Allen of the Bills was more turnover prone than Carson Wentz, most people would laugh me out the room. Yet, Josh Allen threw 15 interceptions last year. Carson Wentz threw seven. So sometimes you actually have to do your own research and look at the film and actually look at what the reality of these situations is, which he's a huge upgrade in Washington sure. over Taylor Heineke. And I'm not knocking Josh Allen. Josh Allen's an excellent talent. But yeah. if you just ask the random person, who threw more interceptions last year, Carson Wentz or Josh Allen? 100% of the people would say Carson Wentz. And, and see, that's the thing with San Francisco now, because I think the question you have to ask, and this is the question I think that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan asked when they traded up to get Trey Lance. Is Jimmy G good enough with our roster to win a Super Bowl? And they must have answered no. Mm-hmm. And maybe they've changed that opinion. Because I'm with you. I kind of look at it that they're right there on the cusp. But what that would take is a humbling of Trey Lance and his development to say you're going to have to Aaron Rodgers this thing behind Brett Favre for a while. You're going to have to sit and wait. Like, you know, that's that's the reality of the situation. Is is he is the kid, does he have the mental makeup to do that? And I don't want to come off as like anti-Trey Lance because for me, Trey Lance is a blank canvas. We don't know. You, no one knows. And I think it's unfair to put him in that situation. Like the Rams decided that Jared Goff wasn't good enough, but they went out and got a guy who had thrown for a billion yards. Great example. In Matthew Stafford. But they made the determination right. that Jared Goff could not win the Super but Bowl because they, re- they saw it. They replaced him with someone that they knew was better, right. not someone they hoped was better. Right. And so that's kind of the difference in the situation. It's why I'm selling San Francisco this year. I I, I don't think this is going to be a seamless transition. I I think there are going to be some growing pains. That's why when I see the Rams, you can get plus money on the Rams to win the West. I go, what am I missing? What am I missing? I'm supposed to buy in that the Niners are under. You can't even get two dollars on the Niners. About buck eighty five uh, to win the with buck fifty. I mean, th- those those numbers are not big enough for, for me at all to back. We assume Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Now maybe the Sharps know something that maybe will be Jimmy G, and then I've. I'd have a – you saw – with Jimmy G, they're neck and neck with the Rams. I mean, they are a tart defensive uh, back interception away from going to another Super Bowl. Yeah. He drops a pun, essentially. The other, right? other interesting part is what Debo Samuel are we going to get? Yeah, we're going to get a guy they that doesn't want to run the ball? They haven't him yet, and if he hasn't gotten that new deal, I don't see any scenario where his usage rate is going to remain the same because Debo's going to basically say no. That's why, like, there's – do you have any questions about the Rams? I don't. 
Like, I don't have any questions. Outside like, well, of historically, the team that won the Super Bowl tends to regress slightly for whatever reason. I might be slightly worried that maybe Stafford's more injured than they're la- laying on. Maybe. I just was glad Sean McVay, when he was at the Ryan Garcia fight, he didn't have, like, the big rapper chain on, so. Sean, he... <laughs> He's living his best life, that's for sure. I do want to touch on on your old team on the Buccaneers, okay. if we have time when we come back a little bit, because we're hearing some rumblings there. Maybe all is not so well. Yeah, I heard one of the guys showed up looking like me. <clears throat> we'll tell you who that guy is. When you come back with us, follow the money on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Follow the money on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. We got CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philly, Pittsburgh, Washington, DC. So subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast. Back alongside Sean King, I am Dave Ross. Follow the money right here on Veasan. And if you've been following the offseason of your former team. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. It's been interesting because Brady had the 40 day in the wilderness retirement and he's back. Then BA said, you know what, Tom, welcome back. I'm gone. So I'm just going to turn, which is still odd to me. What happened with Bruce Arians? I don't know if I'm reading between the lines too much. And then we're hearing reports, you know, Gronk retired and he says he's not coming back whether we are led to believe that or not. And now we're hearing reports that maybe the coaches aren't really happy with uh, Leonard Fournette and his off-season conditioning. We talked about it yesterday in the show. Do you go to training camp to get in shape, or do you get to training camp in shape? Because apparently Fournette isn't in shape. But that, <laughs> to me, feels like issue number D on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There are a lot of moving parts in this off-season. Are you concerned with what's going on in Tampa? Uh, immensely. And it's why I'm so high on the New Orleans Saints. And I think there's a lot of value with the New Orleans Saints to win the NFC South and, in my opinion, to be competitive for winning the NFC. Like, I think the Saints, when you look at what's been transpiring, Jameis Winston has the majority of the offense down in Miami. They're meeting. They're working out. They're doing all the things that teams that generally win championships do at this time of year. Tampa, on the other hand, a lot of guys already got paid down there. A lot of guys already have a chip down there. Mm. You're taking Jason Pierre-Paul and Vita Vea away from that D-line. Now Joe Try, I mean, uh, Indomitian Sue and Jason Pierre-Paul away from that D-line. Now Vita Vea and Joe Tryon have to step up and replace that production. Not be swing guys, but be like core, stat guy. You know what I'm saying? So offensive line, Stenny. Now has to replace Alex Kappa, Ali Marpet, like a Shaq Mason. Does he, how much does he have left? You know, so you're looking at a lot of question marks. When is Chris Godwin going to be available? No matter what people say, the guys know that Tom Brady was trying to go to Miami. Ooh, he wanted out. Now that he's back, does I mean you always he's always going to be Tom Brady? But does the fear that probably existed prior to that? flirtation with disappointing Tom, does it still exist? Obviously, it doesn't exist in Fournette because mm. he showed up out of shape. Mm. You know, the 
Bruce Arians is a, a player's coach, but he's also a very honest and direct coach. We get on Brady. Coach. Yes. Now that that's gone, who's the person that kind of keeps Tom on edge? I think that's one of the things that Bill Belichick doesn't get enough credit for. He always kept Tom Brady motivated by keeping almost an uneasy existence between the two, like always making Tom feel like, yeah, you've done this, but you can do this better. And, and so it's be fascinating to watch. You know, I hope they're great. That's my team. That's what I root for. But I think the chip on the shoulder, the team that has something to prove, at least that's what they've convinced themselves internally is the New Orleans Saints. So I'm all on New Orleans to win the NFC South. 7-1 to win the chip again for Tom Terrific, which would be Super Bowl's 11 appearance and 8 wins. Yeah, he's out of fingers. It's just sick. It, it, like, we're never going to see this again, people. So like, I heard a stat. If Tom Brady and the Buccaneers win the Super Bowl this year, he will have more NFC playoff wins than any quarterback in the history of the NFL. Not AFC, NFC. Regular season. No, playoff win. Playoff win. Yes. It's, it's, it really doesn't even make sense <laughs> so anymore. In three years. It's just in three years. In Tampa, think of that. Yes, it's just, it, it's mind-blowing. But to your point about B.A. and Tom, because you know this, when they won the chip two years ago, it was when Brady allegedly said, we're doing it my way. Sorry, B.A., I respect it, but we're doing it my way. And his way worked, and they won it. Okay? I don't know if that's true or not, but that's it's not true. You don't buy that? No. You don't buy that Brady said? No, I watched Brian Leftwich call the plays, and I was at the Super Bowl. I was there in person. So I'm watching, like, things that other people wouldn't have any clue that are going on. Got it. Yeah. So that's not, that narrative no, is not true. that's BA's offense, and that's Byron calling the plays. So is there an issue now with BA not there? No, because Byron's still there. Okay. So yeah. there, it's going to be And serious. Byron and Brady get along fine. Right. Yeah. That, that's all you need. Because you would wonder, if you really want to go to Miami, why did he want to go to Miami? Well, like he's going to get part ownership. Yeah, that's, that's a big yeah, deal. And a, and a parachute to transition so right into, you know. He's thinking. Right, upper management, yeah. He's not thinking about the last right. year in the NFL. Yeah, right. And so I look at it and I go, look. And Steven is a, a big UN booster. Yeah, that's right. Right. So, so they got They had history, right. And that's why we, we saw with the mess that would happen with Flores and getting out of there and Brady on the dock and all the. I mean, it is. It's been a soap opera off season. It really has for Tom, which is normally not Brady, right? It's right. normally like he just wants you to see the cool IG post of him showing up to practice first or throwing during the pandemic, right? But this is real drama, ownership stakes, showing up at a dock with, with Flores, and he leaves because the owner's there, and this is I don't want to be involved with this, and then Flores is gone, like all these moving parts associated with Brady, so. This is a lot more drama than we're used to. So I feel like it goes two ways. If you remember Favre uh, the year before his last year in Minnesota, when they got to the title game and got beaten up physically by New Orleans, the next year after that was a disaster. Mm -hmm. It was awful. And then he was done. Are we going to get an awful, forgettable last year for Tom Brady? Or are we going to get one more right in the mix here? I hope not. And I mean, for the rest of my life, I'll probably look back and wonder if Brady had won MVP this past year, would he have even came back? Mm. So you think he's got a little bit to prove there? Well, he's coming off of 5,000 yards and, what, 40 touchdowns. So, I mean, 
That's even if he regresses to thirty five hundred and thirty five, that's a career year for most guys. So you're not laying the the minus three dollar price tag to win the division. No, I don't like Tampa this year. I just don't know where the motivation is. And well, it's, Brady, it's a hard right? game. But isn't this the whole narrative? Some of that wore off with the Dolphins' flirtation. Gronk didn't come back. That is a surprise. By the way, and before people go, well, Gronk really wasn't Gronk. In the two years in Tampa, you know how many red zone interceptions Tom Brady threw in the two years that they were together? You know why? Security blanket. Yeah. So, remember, he did not throw one red zone pick in two years. Mm-hmm. And I think a huge part of that is Gronk. So say what you want about, well, he's not the same Hall of Fame guy. from You saw in the Super Bowl firsthand how dominant a player Gronk still was to help wipe out Kansas City. Yeah. Right? So I think some of those moving parts, 11 and a half, laying $3. I mean, boy, those are big price tags to me and big numbers to hit yeah. if you want to back the buck. I just know how hard it is to win a game in that league, let alone 12. And I know the, the the focus you have to have, the attention to detail, you know, that like that laser, like no distractions kind of existence. And I think it's a little looser down there than it has been the last two years. You know what? Which is human nature. No doubt. You have a lot of success. Everybody's paid. Like there's no one on that team that's trying to get paid. Everybody's gotten paid. But you know what they're going to say? If you look, say, just for the wins market, right, 11 and a half. And they're going to go, well, Jameis is coming off an ACL. The He's Pan- motivated. Michael Thomas is coming back from missing a whole year. But the Panthers got Baker Mayfield. Baker's in a contract year. And then the Falcons got Marcus Mariota off the scratch. To me, the Panthers are underrated if McCaffrey can stay healthy. Like, that's a tough out. I, I was on them last year over seven wins, 3-0. and mm-hmm. I felt like a genius. Then McCaffrey got You right. think Baker's playing for 40-plus million a year. Do you, trust, Baker goes, do you trust Baker? DJ Moore is very underrated. You know, Robbie Anderson, probably you'll get the best of you, him this year. They get J.C. Horn back. Yeah, that Last was a year's big loss, first too. first-round pick. You know, they re-signed Dante Jackson. I, I'm just saying, like, Baker's got to do it. But Baker knows if he goes out and Carolina's a borderline playoff team and he has a productive season, the going rate for starting quarterbacks. Look at Dak Prescott. The going rate is – 40-some million dollars a year, and Baker's still relatively young. Well, this is his last shot, right? This To be a starting quarterback. Right. Before he becomes a backup like Mark Sanchez. That's motivation. You know, Sanchez started off great in New York. He's going to be locked in. Whatever the best version of Baker is, I think we're going to get it this year. Sanchez get double digits in the league? Holding the clipper, Mark Sanchez? Because remember after the back-to-back. Oh, yeah, Mark got paid. See what I mean? Like that, That could be the arc of Baker Mayfield if this goes south, down south. Yeah. Ten seasons. Yeah. Mark Sanchez. Good looking. Went to USC. He backed up. Made a lot of friends in New York. I'm just saying that could be Baker yeah. doing a, a State Farm commercial. Could be. Nine years from now. He's already got the commercials. Maybe that was part of the problem. Get more residuals. Uh, when we come back, we've got our in-pocket plays. Ooh. And your pocket got a little fatter last night. It did. With Juan Soto. And I want to get your thoughts on the All-Star game. Because I know if there's something out there, you might... Dip your toe in. We'll figure out you're going AL, NL. Come back with us. Follow the money right here in Beeson, the Sports Betting Network.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. to determine the winner of any given college basketball game. Someone gives you 10,000 to 1 on anything. You take it, take it, take it. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you 3 to 1 odds. Nope. 5 to 1. Nope. 10 to 1. You're up. It is time for our in-pocket plays. Dave Ross, Sean King coming out to your father money on VEASAN. And as I mentioned yesterday, and I talked about it yesterday with Danny Burke, a rush hour checkout. Danny does a great job out of Chicago each and every day. That this bet for my in-pocket play is predicated on Boy Genius 2.0, Brandon Staley. 
Okay. Get out of his own way a little bit. Just, just, just win, baby. I don't care how. If it's all analytically driven, great. Just get her done. Twelve fifty. I do like the quarterback. How can you not? Yeah, I like Justin. So that was my in-pocket play that I will keep riding on at plus twelve fifty. You had in-pocket plays yesterday of Juan Soto at a really good number here uh, to win the home run derby. I do. Cash that baby. Yeah, we did. And I, you know what? Kind of easily. We were texting back and forth. And I know, like, sometimes you can be – I was like, this just feels like a layup. It felt easy for Soto. And I also, like, continue to be active. I actually got Julio Rodriguez plus 110 to win his individual matchup with Pete Alonso in round two. So I was really free rolling because I won that, that bet and covered what I put into the one Soto ticket. So – it's always important just to continue to look and evaluate and, you know, try and find little ways to continually, like, you know, make the odds more in your favor. And by the way, your co-host on the nightcap, Tim Murray, he texted me yesterday. He wanted me to ask you, well, you know that Tim was on Soto to win this. Yeah, he said it uh, Friday night on, on the uh, nightcap. And, you know, what's crazy was for me, Friday to Monday is like two years Right. So I wasn't even thinking about it yesterday, but he, of course, reminded me. <laughs> so kudos, Tim, yeah, kudos to Tim as well. He nailed it. Yeah, I mean that's his team. He's yeah, a, right, and that's the thing he's with a Tim. Natty's guy. Yeah. I like to I like to poke the bear with Tim with the Nats. Well, when I, he's right, he's right. He's right. He's yeah. dead right about that. He's going to be very upset when Soto's gone, though. No, he's not. Yeah, he, he, he is. He took the under the win total. He's on mad the at me. Like he doesn't want me to to consider Max Scherzer a Met. Like when the Mets win the World Series, and by the way, seven to one right now. You probably should get that in pocket. Like Tim's not gonna, he's not gonna yeah. honor the Scherzer as a Met thing. I do like the the Mets to win it all, especially if Juan Soto. The only thing I feel like that could be of better value is the Padres are lurking to get Juan Soto. They're gonna get Tatis back first of all. Oh, oh. But remember when the Soto rumors first started after he turned down the 440, the first name that popped up was the Padres and them wanting to pair. Soto and Tatis. Well, could you imagine putting those three together? So with think Machado? if that happens, you're going to look back at the Padres right now, who are what sitting at 18 to one, somewhere around double digits to win the uh, National League, and even longer odds to win the World Series. You add them to Machado, with the way Musgrave and Darvish are pitching. Well, you know now you got a legit shot. So, like I, you have to project a little bit in baseball. But they're not going to win the division. So they're going to have to card. wild card it. Which is fine. It was kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're rolling the dice a little bit. Yeah, I'm pro- I card. think in baseball you got to project. Otherwise, you're just going to always end up on the Dodgers and Yankees. If if so, Let's just say that Soto gets traded to the Padres. Mm-hmm. And he goes out to dinner with Tatis and Machado, which, of course, they will. Who picks up the check? Because Soto doesn't have the money yet. Doesn't matter. Machado's still got to pick yeah, it up. It's not like Soto's playing for free this year, so he'll be okay. <laughs> we don't have to cry for one right, setup. It'll be okay. Uh, you like the National Leaguers, the senior circuits tonight to, to get this done. Minus $1.15 against the AL. Well, first of all, I'm contrarian better. And the American League has won the last eight. So I do feel like motivation matters. And I think the National League is going to be extremely motivated. I mean, you look at his pitching staff. First of all, they have three Dodgers pitchers mm-hmm. who are going to want to perform in front of the home crowd. And you have younger guys like... Sandy Alcantara, you know, that are going to want to continue to establish themselves, Mm -hmm. you know. So I just think the pitching's good enough. I think the motivation is there. 
I like the national. I like the National League to get it done tomorrow night or Here, tonight. Here's the interesting thing. There's a caveat potentially to this All Star game, team. and that is that if we are tied after extras, we don't just bud Selig this thing like they did in Milwaukee back in the day when they go, "What do we do?" They go, "Let's call it a tie." Right. Call it a day. Which still, <laughs> I still can't believe that actually happened. Uh, and I and I'll get to that in one second because that is pertinent information for tonight's show and for tonight's game. But the in-pocket plays are presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Check out their daily selections and specials uh, posted afternoon Eastern at BetRivers.com. So if we go extras and we're tied after nine, we're not going to just say, all right, boys, let's keep playing and blow out those arms and all the managers are going to get mad because we're playing meaningless baseball and now this is just putting more innings on my pitchers we go back for the second half. No, 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 no. We're going to select three mm-hmm. from each roster and have a mini home run derby. But with live pitching. Yes. Or is it the pitching coach? That is a great question. That part I didn't understand. I don't think there was clarity on exactly. Yeah, how does that work? Yeah. But what we do know, it's got to be soft toss and just go ahead and mash. And whoever gets the most. Well, uh, I still like the, the National League even more because I can see Pete Alonso probably doing like oh. squats right now, like because he's mad at himself for not not winning. Well, the reason why I think it's intriguing is now that we know that prospect's out there, does this lead you one way or the other when you look at the total of seven and a half? That now, because I don't have to worry if I'm a skipper, right? And I don't have to go, man, we get the extra innings. It's the worst nightmare for a manager in an all-star game. Right. We've seen this in years past. Other managers get mad because you use my guy two innings. So now you can throw your studs maybe one for nine innings, right? Yeah. Everybody gets a, a dip in so the water. So I won't bet the total, but if you force me to, I take the under. Because I mean, because these guys got to have the best stuff in the major leagues. They know they're only going to be there. One inning. For one inning max. That's it. You know, on offense, I mean, are guys really trying to extend a single to a double? Are they trying to steal a base? You know, if they're on second, are they really going home on all singles? You know what I mean? You kind of – some of that stuff you just don't, you know. Well, that some a lot of variance there. Look, I I've said this before. I the the NBA All Star Game to me is unwatchable. Maybe until the fourth quarter. The uh, the Pro Bowl is a joke. Yeah, that's they, they, they should cancel it. They're talking about canceling it for good reason. Yeah, they should. This is the only one of the four major sports that I go like the skills competition in the NHL. All right, can you hit it top shelf? Great, you know, knock off the thing. Great. This is the one that I go, well, it's the closest it resembles the actual game the most. But it's not Pete Rose knocking over Ray Fossey and breaking his ankle and running into home plate back in the 70s mm-hmm. where it really did matter. And they were actually rah-rah speeches about we want to beat those guys. Those days are gone. And I miss those days because I like competition. Right. But it does feel like as a hitter, when Shohei's in the box, he still wants to do damage. When Judge is in the box, he wants to hit. Mookie wants to show out for the home crowd in L.A., right? So there is some of that still there. I still think it favors the pitcher because what have we seen during the first half of this baseball season? The elite pitchers only run into trouble third time through the lineup. Yeah. So once they get to inning, you know, six, seven, and they're seeing those guys for the third time. So you got to play the under. That's where you, yeah. Like, so you're seeing all these elite pitchers only once and maybe not even once. So, I mean – it, it definitely favors the pitchers. I think you could see a scenario, too. Not to say that the skippers are going to try to play for a tie, 
but you don't put in a potential rule change unless you want to see it, right? So I could easily see a 1-1-2-2, wink, let's just get through this ninth inning. We get there and it's tied, so we can put this thing and our new baby out there to see if it garners interest right. from the fan base. So it's TV. It's Fox. They're going to be watching. They want eyeballs. That could be a way to potentially get more eyeballs. We'll so see. all I'm saying, I'm not saying that it's going to be <clears throat> jerry-rigged to make sure we have a tie to get this. But boy, if it's, if it's tied late, then maybe we don't take that extra bag. I'm going National League. You think it's in, in regulation? We don't go extras? No. No reg, no no tie? No, I think National League wins like a 4-1, 4-2 kind of game, 3-1, low scoring. And by the way, the under right now, you can get it at minus $1.05. Yeah. So I'm kind of with you. A lot of solo shots. I don't think we're we're getting a lot of guys trying to go the oppo way right. and get on, right? Right. It's not what we're doing here. It's either we're striking out or we're hitting bombs. I'm going to call it Albert Pujols. It's an RBI single to win the game. You're calling your shot like yeah. the Bambino? Yeah. I mean, what he, he made it through the first round of the home run derby with, like, what, 13? Nobody saw that coming. <laughs> I mean, come by the on. way, big bet was out there on Schwarbs to get by Pujols in the first round. That better today is saying I'm never betting the home run competition again. I agree. I want to thank Matt Stitchcomb, Bobby V, Bobby Valentine, Aaron Wilson for joining the program today. Dustin, a great job producing as always. Sean, really enjoyed it the last couple of days. Likewise, man. I mean, Tim Murray, I, I know he's like, man, I don't like you looking at my guy like that. <laughs> this is good, good guy, good co-host material. Uh, really appreciate everybody uh, helping us along here for the last two days. Thanks for watching. Follow the money right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Take the VEASAN experts with you anytime, anywhere with our full lineup of sports betting podcasts. Visit VEASAN.com slash podcasts to listen to every show on Daily Best Bets with Follow the Money, The Lombardi Line, A Numbers Game, and My Guys in the Desert. Plus, get insights and analysis, get insights and analysis, get insights and analysis, get insights. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. 
Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.